What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Opening day in Major League Baseball was originally scheduled for March 26th, but that's been pushed back due to the coronavirus. As with other sports, it's uncertain just when baseball will resume. What's also uncertain is how several critical health, safety, and economic issues will be handled by the league and the union as they plan for an eventual return to play. Our baseball analyst Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports joins us to talk about our current life without baseball and the challenges that lie ahead for the return of America's pastime. So hang tight as we're about to get into it right now on Sports 360. Joining me today on Sports 360 is our resident baseball analyst, Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Rob, how are you today? I'm doing well, Jeff. Uh, good to hear from you, and it's good to be back. Yeah, good to hear from you, too. And and uh, we were talking a little bit offline, and you, you, know, you confirmed that in these strange times right now, as the whole world is dealing with this coronavirus that you and your loved ones are healthy and safe. So that's, that's good. And in fact, you know, first things first, that's paramount. So that's good to hear. Um, and it's, like you said, it's just good to connect again uh, in what is a strange time for sports fans and just for us as a global community, but certainly on the sports front, there's, um, no baseball, no basketball, no hockey. A lot of sports have shut down. And so just wanted to touch base with you. And as I know, um, uh, as a baseball fan in particular, you, you have to be missing the game. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that and some of the issues and some of the things you're hearing in terms of the potential return to play. But um, before we get to that, just generally, Rob, how how are you making? I know you're a big baseball guy. Um, and so... How is this affecting you with there being no baseball at the current time? Well, there's a lot less to cover. I'll tell you that. So I've had a lot more time on my hands to um, just kind of do a lot more personal stuff, family time and things like that. But um, just as, like you said, just as a fan in general, it's, it's a weird feeling, you know, um, when the baseball season normally ends in October, you know, it's coming back. And you know exactly when it's coming back. You know the dates. You know when the hot stove is going to be going on and all this stuff in the offseason, uh, winter meetings and all that stuff. But we're in uncharted territory here where um, spring training gets suspended and we don't know when it's coming back. You know, at first we heard, oh, maybe two weeks. But with this, you know, the coronavirus going on and the way it's spreading through to everyone globally, it's it's like it, it's on so much uncertainty about when we're going to have baseball back or just sports in general that you you have a lot more questions than answers, and that's a scary thought from a a human perspective and from a sports perspective. It's kind of like you just you're left with that anxious feeling of when am I going to be able to see sports again and you know, obviously, sports 
isn't the biggest thing going on, the sports cancellations. We all know that. But as someone who covers the sport and all that stuff, um, that's just a perspective from a from a sports fan. Yeah, and it's a, a perspective, Rob, that I think we all share because, especially in this country and around the world, sports is is a vital diversion. Um, it's a vital form of entertainment for just millions and millions of people, right? I mean, we we work, uh, we have issues and challenges in our lives, and many times it's sports that allows us the opportunity to get that diversion. Um, we saw with 9-11 that sports yep. had the incredible power to help heal a nation. So, mm-hmm. you know, sports is is an integral part of our society. And so, yes, the actual winning and losing of a game is perhaps not as meaningful. But, you know, I think that um, not having sports as part of um what what we typically would have right now and part of our lives is something that certainly is meaningful and and it's missed and and, and I'm sure you know what you just expressed a lot of people are expressing as well as not knowing what to do you and I were talking a few minutes ago before we got on uh on this call and you said um it was interesting you said I haven't even turned on ESPN since the games yep. have gotten shut down. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. I haven't done it either. And I think a lot of people <laughs> aren't tuning into ESPN because what is there to be covered? Yeah. And and a lot of the news cycles are the same. It's a lot of what's, you know, more kind of reminding you of what's going on and more uncertainty and more questions, um, attempting to answer questions, I should say. So th- it's, it's hard to sit there in, in front of a TV and turn on ESPN I know that you're going to get the same news day after day, and it's not their fault. That's just the time we're in right now. Um, so what I've done, like I said, I have a lot more time. I've done I've done a lot more reading of articles and stuff like that from uh, different perspectives, different people writing articles, um, just giving us news and updates on what's going on in the sport and speculations and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it's it's tough to turn on ESPN or or FS1 or whatever else people watch at a time like this. And you know what else is is tough is baseball had for the first time in three seasons, right? This this being the third off season since the new collective bargaining agreement where they had a some semblance of a hot stove. Right? Yes. The free agent market was active you you had some high profile signings uh, we didn't have the delays in signing players that that we had in the first two markets and then coming into spring training you had the intrigue with the Houston Astros and how that was going to play out um you know you had players moving you know in free agency Garrett Cole to the Yankees Rendon going over to um the Angels, but most of all, the trade, right, of Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. And so you had, you know, some some really interesting storylines developing in spring training that were going to go into the regular season. And obviously now that is overshadowed by a whole host of things, one of which, of course, is we don't even know if we're going to have a season 
And, yeah. and, and if we do have an abbreviated season, what that's going to look like. But there certainly were some real storylines developing uh, during spring training. Yeah, and I haven't even seen Derek Cole in pinstripes yet, and I may not. So <laughs> that, right. that, that's unfortunate. But, um, yeah, and, and that raises a lot more questions. You mentioned the abbreviated season. That affects so much more in the game. Um, for fans that may not know too much of the detail of the sport, you know, we talk about service time, and then there's the language in the contracts with the options and, you know, the incentives and the deals and stuff like that. That may all get affected as far as what happens to a player like a Mookie Betts who's entering free agency after this season. Does his contract kind of get thrown away and, okay, you're a free agent, or are we going to call 2020 a wash if the season is canceled? And he has to continue this contract. And now he's entering free agency, you know, at age 29, 30, where we know that once players hit that age, teams start to look at them a little bit different once they hit the, you know, the magic number 30 now. And, you know, there's a lot of other players that their service time gets affected. Um, I know you and I, before we got on, we talked about Francisco Lindor. He's another one that gets affected. Who He's not a free agent after next season. But is that something that's going to get pushed now? Um, and just a multitude of other guys, the younger guys who had a chance to get called up this year. Now, are they pushed back another year or two extra and have to be in the minor leagues and all that stuff? So there's so much domino effect to just the season getting canceled or postponed at this point. Um, it's such a big issue, such a big, big issue that can affect so much. And, um, you know, I talked about contracts and options and things like that. There are players that have incentives in their deals where they have to reach a certain amount of innings pitched um, or something of that nature, get as many starts in as possible to kick in a new year in their deal. Um, how's that going to get affected now? Are we looking at now that that option gets, you know, erased and they jump into free agency next year or they have to force an opt-in into – maybe getting paid less this season or next season than they would have got in the open market. So, like I said, there's a lot more questions that this opens up on whether or not we're going to get this baseball season rolling again. And it's so many questions that have to be answered later on once we actually get a start date for the season. Yeah. And right now, major league baseball and the, Major League Baseball Players Association are trying to work through a, a lot of the issues that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when and let's let's deal let's deal with a few of these, right? Because let's start with service time. Because we hear a lot about service time. It was in the news recently with the Chris Bryant grievance, where he yeah. filed a, a grievance um, over service time manipulation and. That grievance was denied. The Cubs prevailed in that grievance. But we hear about it a lot, and we see it all the time. Teams holding players back for a certain mm -hmm. period of time so that they can get an extra year of reserve. In Brian's case, they held him back at the start of his career for two weeks. Yeah. And then they brought him up, and it ended up giving the Cubs an additional year of Brian's services. And that's because... It takes six full years of service to become a 
free agent in in baseball. And I think for fans, they should think about three numbers. 162, 172, and 187. 162, that's the number of games, right? Yep. 172, you need that many days to get a full season of service. And 187 is the total number of days in the season. I don't think a lot of people realize 187 games, 187 days, 162 games means that baseball players under perfect conditions over a six-month period have 25 days off. Yeah. Now, we know games get postponed because of rain and so forth, and those games have to be made up. So no baseball player ever gets the full allotment of off days because games yep. always have to get make, made up. So, you know, to to earn a full season of service, you don't have that much room to play with, right, to get that 172 days of service. You only have 15 days, right, to play, you know, to of, of leeway. That's where the issue is starting to come in because once we have an abbreviated season, we're not gonna we're not gonna have 187 days. We probably won't have 170 days to get a season in. We're gonna have fewer than 162 games, and we're gonna have fewer than 172 days. So the question then becomes, what would constitute a full season of service? Yeah, and that's that's probably one of the biggest questions that has to be answered once all this starts to clear up a little bit. We have to see if, are we going to, or the players union and MLB has to see, are they going to adjust all the numbers that you just pointed out? Are, you know, if we're only going to get in 100 games or 81 games or something like that, are we cutting all that down as well? And I think you kind of have to for the fairness of the player. And that's going to be a conflict between, I think, between the owners and the players association, uh, because you want to see these players gain their service time, whether they play or not. There has to be something to the effect of these players accumulating some type of time for the 2020 season. And that's where the biggest issue, I think, lies in terms of when this season starts, how are these players, all these players, going to be affected moving forward? Right. And you mentioned with Betts and with Lindor on the free agency front in terms of service time, which is obviously a huge issue. Mookie Betts yeah. came into this season expecting that he was going to be a free agent at the end of the 2020 season and then yeah. go out and sign a mega contract. If that does not happen or there's a situation where that cannot happen, um, I can see there being a lot of turmoil between oh, yeah. the two sides. So they have to work that out. Um, and, you know, from the player's perspective, as you said, hey, whatever the full season is, if we play it, we should get a full season of service, meaning, you know, bets in this example would be a free agent. And you can see clubs, who don't like just giving away service time. That's why they manipulate it in the first place, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole Chris Bryant thing, right? <laughs> they want to manipulate to hold on to players, and you can see where the conflict 
um, comes in. The other thing I will say about service time is it's not just free agency. It's salary arbitration, right? Are you going to yep. be eligible for salary arbitration? Will you be eligible for a second or third time? Um, service time is also linked to to other benefits, including under the pension plan and 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 so forth. So service time is linked to so many rights to, that players have under the collective bargaining agreement that figuring that piece of the puzzle out is vital. Uh, and yeah. I know that um, the folks at baseball and at the union are working around the clock right now trying to hammer that out. The other thing too, Rob, that's connected to this is salaries. Yeah. Are players going to get their full salaries if we have the abbreviated season that we're going to have? And we know it's going to be abbreviated. It won't be a full season. No, I'm not. How abbreviated is it going to be? Will they get their full salary? As you said, if there's 81 games, 100 games, do players get their full salary? That's another key question as well. Yeah, exactly. And I know for the NBA, and I think the MLB, and correct me if I'm wrong there, I think I, I think the MLB does it as well, where um, owners and teams can choose to take back or, or not give a certain portion of the contract in an event something like this, whether it's a war or a pandemic or something like this. I know I read the NBA does it, um, but that's something that, and this is only in the event that the season gets canceled. Um, that'll be interesting to see as well. If the season does get canceled completely, is that something that teams are going to do and look to do in order to recoup some of the revenue that they're going to lose for the season? And, we, you know, teams are already going to lose revenue to begin with, which is why all this talk of service time that we're doing is important. And whether certain players get to hit free agency and things of that nature after this season, um, because it's going to be a very awkward off season after 2020, because a lot of teams, I think we're going to go back to what you mentioned earlier, where teams weren't spending and we're going to, and unfortunately that's, that's a black eye for guys like Mookie Betts who expected to cash in. So, are they going to have to settle for a one-year deal just to kind of reset the market and go back in next year and then have to deal with the fact that they're a year or two older than they would have been going into free agency when it was planned? Yeah, and, and just to confirm, you're right. In baseball, just like in the other sports, uh, in the player contracts, there, there's a paragraph that allows for the suspension of pay in the event of the situation that we have now where games are suspended because of something that's, you know, with the, the so-called act of God or what, or, or what, or what have yeah. you. Um, and so we do have that as an issue, right? Are players going to get their salaries? You talked earlier about incentives, right, that are based upon reaching certain performance thresholds. Well, if you don't have a full season, then because that threshold was negotiated based upon a full season, right? Yeah. So if they said, if you reach 180 innings, for example, if you're a starting pitcher, you get maybe a, a bonus in your contract. Well, that was based on a full season. Now you yeah. have something less than a full season. Are those numbers adjusted downward uh, in order to give the player the benefit of his bargain, which is the opportunity to to make those incentives? Now, I just want to stop here because I can imagine some people saying, See, this is the problem in sports, right? The world is going through an unprecedented time. 
And here we are talking about service time, salaries, incentives, contracts, free agency. And I get it. It may not be, you know, as most of us are dealing with more basic issues like whether we're going to remain healthy and whether we can get certain necessities at the supermarket and whether we still have jobs and all the rest of it. I get that. But when we talk about the return of baseball and basketball is going to have their issues, hockey is going to have their issues, all these sports that have been suspended, these are, whether we like it or not, the types of issues that those who are in charge of the sport, both on the player side and on the league side, have to figure out if the games are going to resume. It may not be the type of thing that some people want to hear, but if the games are going to resume, these tough issues have to be ironed out. They do. And, you know, when we're talking about sports and stuff like that, it's not to um, kind of take away from the importance of the issues that are going on in the world. We know that that is the number one issue, and that's the first thing on our minds. We know we have families, we have loved ones, friends, and all that stuff that are priority over all this stuff. But at the end of the day, like you said, you know, these are conversations that need to be had. And, you know, for a lot of us, this conversation that you and I are having today is kind of bringing them back to their normal life, in a sense. And we're in a tough spot in the world right now where things are not normal. And it's completely out of our control, 100% out of our control, where the only thing we can't control is, you know, listening to what's going on and staying isolated and staying home and living these abnormal lives because of the situation. So um, I do want to thank you for pointing that out and making sure that people do understand that, you know, us talking sports is trying to bring a little bit of normal to our abnormal lives today. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and again, just from a practical standpoint, these are thorny issues that, you know, those in charge have to figure out. Um, You know, Rob, another issue that I believe is um, especially for baseball and for all the sports, and that is uh, what type of opportunity are players going to be afforded to get back into game shape because Mm -hmm. they've been inactive uh, for a long time. And yes, Mm -hmm. I know, you know, so players are going to do the best that they can to stay in some semblance of shape and they will, but they won't be in game shape. And so we're going to have a a little bit of a tension here as well. And that is to hurry up and get players back onto the court, the field or the ice but at the same time, on the other side, we have to give them enough time to really get back into shape so that, you know, they don't be susceptible perhaps to injury, right? Because they've come back too soon. So that's another piece that has to be worked out across all sports, not just baseball. And that is how much time a player is going to be afforded to get back into game shape. Yeah. And that's my biggest fear with players is um, you don't want to see the injuries pile up and we're talking about soft tissue injuries um, you know stuff like hamstring pulls and stuff that normally wouldn't happen to these players because it's ironed this out you know leading into spring training and going through the spring training and kind of building their body up for the regular season 
um, that's going to be a very cautious and interesting thing to look forward to. And like you said, you know, there's a big difference between staying in shape and getting into game shape. Two very different things um, for athletes. And, you know, you can get in as much work as you can at home. You can get in as much work on the field across the street or in your backyard. But there's a different feeling when you're with your team or facing other teams and you're competing and getting that body ready and the adrenaline ready for the regular season. So, you know, I don't know how they're going to structure um, or if they're even going to structure some type of spring training or preseason something for baseball players. Um, I don't know if they'll factor in maybe a two-week or continuation of spring training where they left off, but that has to factor into how long you want the season to go. And if they're looking at trying to play, we'll say, you know, 100 games, you know, whenever that start date is, how much time before that are you giving the players to kind of ramp it back up? Because we were getting to a point where now we were seeing pitchers, starting pitchers, throw multiple innings as opposed to just going out there for an inning, an inning and a half or something like that. And all of a sudden, now they're, they're, they're done. They stopped. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. And like I said, what you don't want to see is a lot of these guys get hurt early in the season. And where this will be a shortened season, a small injury like that, which would normally keep them out, you know, we'll say a month at the beginning of the season and not matter come October. Now it does matter because now you have the potential of losing, you know, a big time player, which is technically early in the season, but really late in the game. That's right. I agree with you across the board there. And, you know, this is, you know, again, one of those major issues that have to be addressed and figured out. Um, can't do it right now, right? Because a lot of it depends upon when there will be a return to play. And then you sort of go back from there. Okay, if we're going to start on, on X date, you move it back some and say, okay, a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever you think you may need for you know some some semblance of spring training so these players can get back into shape um you know something rob i was i've been thinking about as well is obviously we don't know when we will be as a society able to return to work you know whether that happens all at once or it happens in stages right i can see a situation where gatherings are still limited for a time and maybe it increases over time, you know, as things sort of get back in. I don't think a, a, a switch is going to be flipped and everything no. just turns back on. And so I think even with uh, our sports, across sports, I can see a situation where perhaps the sports resume, but we have spectatorless games, no fans in the stands. Yeah. You know, I could see that happening as well. It all depends on how things play out, of course, but I don't know if anyone should expect that we just all of a sudden go entirely back to normal, you know what I mean, where, you know, um, you know, fans are showing up. And here's the other thing. I think there are going to be a lot of fans who might be a little bit leery and a lot of people in the public about crowds, no matter what government and health officials say. 
you know. So yeah. that's going to be interesting too to see how quickly fans react to the opportunity to go to games uh, when that opportunity arises. Yeah, and that's definitely good for the TV ratings because they're definitely going to shoot way up once um, we get all our sports back. But I think you're right because, um, and I think it will be a slow process to bringing fans back. And like you said, it would not shock me to see, you know, maybe a month of the season or however long without fans and then slowly start letting fans in. You know, maybe they limit the amount of fans that come in. I'm not sure. Um, That conversation hasn't even I haven't heard much of it at this point because we don't even know if we're going to have the sports back. But I, I agree with what you said. It's it's going to be um, something else to kind of keep an eye on, how we integrate back having the fan bases back into stadiums and, and arenas and courts and all that stuff. So, you know, and obviously the the first thing, the most important thing is the health of everyone, of the fans, of the players, coaches, um, and beyond. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, this is, this is new territory for everybody, not just for the athletes, not just for, for us. For, it's literally new territory for everybody involved, um, and it's affecting us all. So it'll be interesting to see how we kind of go back to having this normal sense of we have sports back, now let's, let's go. And we may not see that until next season. Yeah, I think, it, again, and you, you make the point, right now we're in the, the midst of it, right, where government and health officials are still saying things like, we haven't seen the worst of it, right? Yeah. And so we're nowhere near, it seems, coming out of this. So it's very premature, but as, as you allow yourself to think down the road a little bit of, okay, a time when... The virus is contained, hopefully. We all hope and pray for that. What does that resumption to normal life on, you know, across society, right? You and I going back to work and along with millions of others and athletes getting back to playing and restaurants opening again and all the rest of it. How, as you said, how do we sort of integrate ourselves back into society again? Um and again, it, we, we don't know. It all depends on, you know, what we are being informed of by health and government officials at the time. And then, you know, our individual sensitivities to being around crowds, you know, how soon are we going to want to do that, no matter what government and health officials are saying. And so that's, that's something that, as a society, we're going to have to work through. Yeah, and it'll it'll take time. It'll be an adjustment period. And, you know, we kind of say it tongue-in-cheek, almost like a joke, but we do have to kind of relearn how to live out in society again and go into malls and concerts and sporting events and all that stuff. But, you know, that's that's kind of part of the, the growing process and the learning process that we're all going through at this time. And, you know, it, it's necessary today to kind of, take a step back and appreciate what we have. And, you know, once we do get sports back, allow that to be part of our lives again and, you know, appreciate sports, whether it's watching it at home with family until we do feel comfortable going to the stadium again. And that's not always a bad thing. Um, So it'll be fun at the same time as weird, I guess. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Now, one thing, Rob, that I, I you know, I want to mention because we just have to, uh, I believe, um, and not that anybody's wishing upon this uh, at all, but we know that there have been a number of NBA players who have tested positive for the virus. Um, you know, it started with Rudy Gobert and then the NBA suspended play right away. Donovan Mitchell, um, the next day tested positive since then Marcus smart, two players on the Lakers who have not been identified. I don't think, um, but they've tested positive. We've had some hockey players test positive. We had soccer players in different parts of the world test positive. We've had minor league players test positive, but I don't recall seeing where a major league baseball player has tested positive. And obviously this is a virus. It's indiscriminate. doesn't matter race, doesn't matter socioeconomic status, right? We've seen Tom Hanks, Idris Elba, and other celebrities get it. So this is, right, no one's immune. And so one of the things, too, and, and so far, thank God, there hasn't been any reported Major League Baseball players testing positive. But obviously, if that were to happen, you know, that that further complicates a very complicated situation for the game. Yeah, and we saw, and props to Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, he reacted very quick to making sure that you kind of limit the exposure of this virus. And that's hard to do with the virus. Like you mentioned, there's, it's not going to discriminate who it attacks or who it gets to. Um, so props to Adam Silver and the way the NBA reacted to just, let's shut this down now. Let's get everyone, you know, isolated as far away as possible. And let's do something about it. And, you know, the other sports followed suit and did the same thing, which was the right decision at the time. You know, the the question is, I feel like it's not a if a player is going to get it. It's more when a player is going to get it at this point because it's such a contagious virus that's just spreading through everything. Um, so I think if we do reach that point, how does Major League Baseball react to it? Are we looking at pushing the season further than what they may have estimated? And how is that going to affect whatever team this player is on? Um, like you said, we saw minor leaguers get affected, and I believe it was in, with the Yankees organization. A few of them already tested positive. Um, I haven't heard major league players yet, um, and we hope not to hear any. But like I said, the way this thing is spreading, it it's almost seems inevitable that one major leaguer out of hundreds are you know maybe one will get it but it'll open up a new can of worms for the sport because you may it leaves you wondering are we going to have to push this season back if we wanted to start for example in june um, even without fans now with this player and who he may have been around are we going to have to push back to july or august or kind of see where we are and how that's going to affect each team individually how that's going to affect the players on each team individually, their families, so on and so forth. Um, it'll just open up a new can of worms. Yeah, it will. And um, it, it's one of those things, as you said, it may be inevitable, just given that no one, no one is immune to this yeah. virus. So all in all, you know, we started this conversation by talking about how strange a time it is. And certainly that's, an understatement. You you know you find yourself many times searching for words 
to describe yep. where we are. I was talking to a friend yesterday and he said, it's like being in a movie, you know, where the streets are deserted or you're going, you know, to the store and the lines are long and they're rationing certain things. You know, you can only buy two of these or two of these, you know what I mean? So it's, it's certainly far from our normal existence. Um, and right now it's what we have to deal with across society including in the world of sports. And, you know, we just wanted to connect today to talk a little bit about it and obviously stay on top of it if, as things develop uh, in terms of the game and the potential resumption of the game and things of, of that sort. We'll continue to connect uh, as a way of hopefully trying to be a source of information for folk. Oh, definitely. And, you know, um, this is an easy time for anybody. And if we could do that and just bring a little bit of normal, a little bit of, you know, something that kind of makes you feel we're going to get through this, even if it is just talking sports, talking baseball, whatever the case may be, you know, that's what we're here to do. Kind of bring a little bit of normal, a little bit of hope back into each and every person's lives that's listening to this. Yeah, and we all need it. I mean, shoot, this helps me. Uh, we're sitting here on a Sunday afternoon right now as we're recording this. And um, I was, before getting on this call, I was probably doing something that millions of Americans across the country were doing. I was watching Netflix, right? So, <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty much, I've gotten really good, man. At You know, I'm not a, I'm a real TV watcher, but I've gotten pretty good at, you know, scrolling through and, and adding things to my list because uh, <laughs> right now um, there's there's a lot of time on 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 all of our hands. And um, Rob, I really appreciate you coming on today and and taking some time. Continue to stay safe, man. Continue to do what you're doing in terms of the isolation and and everybody out there. Continue doing that. It it it's not fun but it's necessary. And so we got to continue to do that and we will get through this thing, but I'm glad everything is good on your end. And I appreciate you coming on today. Spend a little time with us. Hey, thank you for having me, Jeff. Um, like you said, self-isolation is the way to go. Um, we'll get through this and we'll have sports back before you guys know it. That's the hope. So Rob, take care, man. We'll be in touch and we'll connect again as, as it's appropriate. All right. But but be good, man, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Jeff. Take care. All right. Bye.